0: People are yearning for information, having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to
1: be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Dora and I are thrilled to have Ellen Kittredge join us today on Health Gig. Ellen works holistically with her clients to provide healing at all levels of their being. She has a specific focus in mind-body nutrition and stress management and has proven techniques for healing stress-related health conditions. In her personalized sessions with her clients, she combines her extensive training in nutritional healing modalities with several powerful energetic clearing techniques she's been initiated into as a quantum energetic disciplines practitioner. Ellen uses healing foods, nutritional recommendations, supplements, lifestyle coaching, energy clearing techniques, spiritual counseling, and a variety of other tools in her individualized approach to creating optimal health for each of her clients. Additionally, over the last 11 years, Ellen has led thousands of people through a highly effective 21-day therapeutic food-based cleansing program that she facilitates on a seasonal basis. Ellen has a deep passion for her own personal transformation as well as that of her clients which translates into one success story after another. Ellen has been my health coach for about 12 years now. So she's probably one of my greatest teachers. And it's such an honor, Ellen, to have you on HealthGig. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Tisha. So I guess the best place to start would be with what you call evolutionary wellness. Can you tell us what that is and what you teach and why you think it's so important?
2: I started out my nutrition counseling business about 12 years ago, just focusing on nutrition. And then I started to realize over time, I really was interested in the evolutionary potential of my clients and how they were growing and evolving over time. With the primary focus being on diet and nutrition, I was seeing a lot of wonderful results and a lot of benefits that people were making when they were changing their diets. But I also saw that there were certain places where people would get stuck and not necessarily be able to move to the next place of their healing. And so I got really curious about really the full mind-body-spirit approach, I guess you could say, to healing and to wellness. So several years into my business, I changed the name to Evolutionary Wellness, and I started to really think a lot about how we heal how we evolve and how healing works when we actually look at the bigger picture of what's happening on all levels of someone's wellness.
1: And you use nature a lot when you teach to teach us how to take better care of ourselves and actually to learn to trust. Can you talk about that? One
2: of the primary things that I learned in my nutrition training program was this concept of bioindividuality and the idea that each of us is different. And so the beauty of health coaching is that you actually get to sit with a client and listen to their story and get to know them. And when I listen to a client, I'm not just listening to what's going on with their physical ailments, I'm also listening to their history, what they've been through in life, the challenges they've had. And so this concept of bioindividuality, this idea that no one person is the same means that there's no rote way, there's no rote diet, there's no rote supplement that's gonna work for everyone. So instead, I really think of my client's as flowers in a flower garden or herbs in an herb garden. One person might be a rosemary, and another person is basil, and another person is thyme. And so each of those herbs have different flavors. They have different ways that they express themselves. They also have different nutrients that they need. And so I really try to encourage my clients to understand that they are their own unique individual and that their challenges and their difficulties and also their successes are theirs and they're something that they should fully embody and I guess be empowered in claiming. The way that I like to work with nature is to help people to understand and trust that process. So when a flower, for instance, is growing in a flower garden, we have to start with a seed, right? And that seed has to crack open. Sometimes when my clients come to me, I feel like they're seeds that have not even cracked open yet. There's all this potential that lives within them the sunlight hasn't started beating down and warming up the soil so that the seed can sprout and they can start to grow. And so my job is to understand, okay, they're coming to me with XYZ health, chronic health situation and they're really stuck in that. So how can I help them to feel better so that they can start to grow? And so that might be the seed cracking open is helping them with their health situation. And then as I encourage the growth, they come upon different obstacles. What
1: is it that I can offer them in terms of
2: empowering them
1: for their health? Sometimes that transformation almost feels like you're never going to come up above that dirt. Like (laughs) sometimes I feel like I'm under a rock, under a dirt, under this. And you've just done such a great job explaining to me, I need to trust that. Can you talk a little more about that?
2: We've all seen dandelions growing up out of cracks in the pavement, right? We've all seen grass coming up out of the most random places. And I love seeing trees that are on waterfalls sometimes. And how is that tree? holding on, you know, with all this water rushing by and doesn't seem like it's roots in anything, it's just going around this rock, but somehow it's living and thriving. I just like to remind people that that's us. We can be that dandelion breaking through the cracks. And I work a lot with clients who are actually healers and teachers themselves. And a lot of my work is empowering them to understand how to step into their next level of potential. So say some of my clients might be like a seed that's starting to crack and others of my clients, they might be in the place where they're a flower and they're fully grown and they're just really starting to blossom. Maybe multiple blossoms are starting to show and they're starting to feel that it's safe to offer that nectar to the bees. And it's okay to express themselves. It's okay to really put their work out in the world. It's okay to take that next big step of whatever it is that they've been afraid to do. Maybe it's writing their book or getting on a podcast or starting a store or something like that. And I'd like to remind them that by their blossoming, that actually encourages the other flowers in the garden to blossom.
0: It makes me think of you know, what's going on now in our world with the virus and with all the perfectly awful things that are coming with it. We have had to slow down. Do we have to slow down to begin to see these seeds grow and all those beautiful analogies you were making? Is this a time that you've seen with your clients maybe a little more growth? Absolutely. I think there's so much benefit that can come from this time.
2: And I've really been sitting myself as someone who's a guide and a coach to many people. How is it that I can hold myself during this time? Where there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. Everything is completely falling apart that we used to know. It's a very interesting time to be alive. And what I've been doing is just listening to and trusting in the grace that appears, that shows up, For me, some of the grace that I see, some of the silver linings, the pollution that's going down and the fact that the earth is really having a chance to take a really deep breath. And my sense is that most humans living on the earth also need to stop and take a really deep breath. And most of us have been going, going, going for too long, too quickly trying to do all the things that we think we need to do. And maybe what's happening is we're having a chance to realize we don't need to do all of those things. Maybe there's just a different way to live. And so what I've been seeing with my clients and sharing with them is what's very likely to happen during this time is that they're likely to come a little bit closer to their fear, a little closer to their anxiety, a little closer to their grief. So it almost feels like we're being asked to really face things head on, just like really look in the mirror. Okay, I've had this anxiety my whole life. It's really time to deal with it because here I am stopped. I can't go out. I can't socialize. I can't do all the things I would normally do to distract myself. So I'm seeing that a lot. And so far, what I've been learning just in the last couple of weeks is just to really, in myself, hold that trust and hold that knowing that it's all going to be okay and that this is a collective process of transformation and evolution and metamorphosis that we're going through. And to hold that trust and to offer that potential to the people that I'm working with, that they too can trust this process.
0: It's hard. I mean, I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we're saying, okay, I've slowed down and I'm at home and this is wonderful. It's a process. And so how do you guide your clients and people that one day you're like, okay, I cleaned out the closet. I feel really good. And the next day you wake up and you feel like you're behind bars. I just actually wrote about this very thing
2: today and I'm leading a group cleanse right now. It's an amazing time to lead a cleanse because people are going through these processes of letting go of things in their diet and their lifestyle, which many of them have done the cleanse before and they're comfortable with that, but they're doing it in a time they've never done it before. And so there's a lot of other things that are coming up. And I was just really encouraging people to just open to the joy and to open to the grief, open to the joy of, oh, wow, this is great. I finally got this project done that I've been wanting to get done forever. And the next day, you just feel totally slammed and tired. And like, what's the purpose of all of it? What's the meaning of all of it? Like somehow we have to expand, to hold all of that. And that for me is trusting the process. And just to bring in one more metaphor from nature. The story that I always go back to and that I've really been working with evolutionary wellness since the beginning is the process of metamorphosis of the caterpillar into the butterfly. And I think what a lot of people don't know is that when the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, what happens is that the caterpillar turns into a gooey mush. It actually turns into nothing. Like the body of the caterpillar completely dissolves. It's just a gooey mash. And then from that body, these imaginal cells arrive. And these are cells that have never been seen in the body of the caterpillar before. And these cells start to find each other. And these cells are what turns into the wing of the butterfly, to the heart of the butterfly. So from something that has gorged itself on leaf matter until it gets so big and fat that it just can't do anything except just create a cocoon and hang there, it turns into a gooey mess. You don't even recognize what it is. And then from there, something magical happens and it actually turns into one of nature's you know most beautiful beautiful things which is a butterfly and so i feel that that's sort of like what's happening right now <laughs> that we're going through a metamorphosis we just have to trust it and i don't know if you've ever seen like these videos of caterpillars in the cocoon if you speed it up, you see that they're actually like moving back and forth really quickly. It looks like they're just in a lot of distress, basically, like it's just not comfortable. And that's the process of the cells dissolving into this goo and then re-arising. And so that process can be really uncomfortable. But if we can sit with that discomfort and use all the tools that we can, meditation and journaling and talking to friends and just simply putting our hands on our hearts. But if we can allow for that process, I think we can trust that we really are in the metamorphosis.
1: And what you've talked a lot about to me is that when you are in that state and that's happening, that trusting that you're going to get to the butterfly or you're going to get to something else. And when you sit and you watch someone else go through it, holding space for them is really what is their biggest gift. Can you talk about that? I would say just in my progress from 12 years ago to
2: where I am now The first couple of years of my business, I really wanted to fix everybody. I really felt it was my job to get in there and didn't matter if they were on 18 medications and had three chronic illnesses. Somehow I was going to solve it all within three weeks, you know, (laughs) and then I realized that that wasn't going to happen, but that I could give them the tools that they could do that themselves. And so that process of just actually listening, supporting them equally through that spectrum of experience. That's actually life. That's just what it is. We all have loss. We all have things that we have to say goodbye to. And we all have moments where we just are completely blown away by the joy and the beauty that we experience.
0: Why is it we want to fix other people?
2: I think for a lot of people, especially people who are really empathic, I think it's we just take on what they're feeling and we feel that we have to tend to it ourselves. What I found in my work is if I'm triggered by one of my clients' pain, there's lots of things I'll do. I'll pray for them. I'll try to send loving energy their way. I'll be thinking about them after the session sometimes. But I also will hold the awareness inside of myself of, okay, what were they dealing with? was a lot of grief. Okay, where's the grief inside of me? And what do I need to do to address my grief now? So I'll listen in the session and not interject and allow. But if I do feel something come up inside of me, then I'll tend to it after the session. But I have to say, Sometimes I can't believe that I get paid for the work that I do because it's so inspiring to witness people's transformation. Literally, sometimes I get off the phone with my clients and I'm like, I should be paying them. I just learned so much from them (laughs) because when you witness somebody growing, it's profound. It's profound what humans are capable of.
1: I know along the way you've taught me that God or the universe, that they've got your back. But sometimes it comes in threes. Can you talk about that? They'll give you a chance because you're just so stuck in your way this way, and they're like, "Are you sure you want to make a change? Can you share that and translate to our listeners Because I found this really powerful and actually kind of fun. Usually, we get a chance to change something
2: between about three and seven times, so it starts with a knock on the door and then come back with a battering ram, and the next time you know they knock the door down basically so the idea is that if you come upon something that's difficult, say it's a challenge with a colleague in a situation that's really difficult and triggering you, and you can actually work with that challenge and, again, discover in yourself what's going on for you within that and process your anger or process your whatever it is that's coming up, then maybe that lesson is not going to have to come back. But if you don't deal with it, then it might come back. And it might be closer in. It might be your child. It might be your husband or your wife that then starts displaying something as the same kind of experience. So yeah, that's been my experience is that we're here to grow. We're here to learn. We're here to evolve. So we have chances to do that. And the more consciousness we can bring to the difficulty in our life, the more we can trust that process, the more likely it is that we'll be able to tend to what comes
1: and sits down at the table with us for us to digest and process with more ease. And I think what you've taught too is that's life and how do we define it? And you've helped a lot in terms of defining grief and joy, like who's decided that's grief and who's decided that's bad and who's decided this is good? You know, like what is that about? Can you talk about that?
2: I just think the naming of something as good or bad is where it can start to get difficult. Because if we think something is good, then we want to go towards that. We think something is bad, then we want to constrict and stay away from it. But we all have people that we love in life and all those people are going to die and we're going to die. And that's just life. I mean, To not understand that that's real, to avoid that, I think, is one of the biggest challenges, actually, that humans face. And part of my personal history, as you know, Trisha, is I lost my first husband to cancer. And that's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing because he died of a cancer that maybe could have been prevented if he hadn't taken a lot of toxins into his body because of pollution of the waterways. I think it was likely that his cancer developed because of swimming in the Chesapeake Bay when he was a kid actually. we know that there were toxins that you know were dumped into the Chesapeake in the 60s but maybe that could have been avoided if he had done other things with his diet or maybe other people who have cancer developing you know if they change their diet and change their lifestyle, maybe that's not going to happen to them and so, to lose my husband at 27 at a relatively early age like that was a huge life lesson. And it's pretty much been my biggest teacher, my whole life. And, you know, what it's taught me is that we are going to die. And so make the most of life when we have it. And I have to say, I mean, I feel grateful that I had to walk through this experience earlier in my life, because it gave me a lot of tools to be able to trust this process. And I see a lot of people who haven't necessarily faced loss or challenge are now facing it for the first time. And it's really difficult. And, you know, I have a lot of compassion for that process. But I do think we're in a time collectively that we have never seen before. But can we go back to that process of metamorphosis of the caterpillar to the butterfly? Can we imagine what it's like for the seed when the seed casing breaks open and it starts to crack? Can we imagine what that feels like? You know, it's got to be painful. It's like that was the shelter that we were living in that was comfortable. But how could a beautiful flower grow if the seed casing doesn't break to allow for that sprout to emerge? So can we trust this process of expansion that is the evolution of who we are?
1: That's just so beautiful, Ellen, that visual. Both Dora and I love our gardens. So to be able to talk about the flowers in this true way is just really beautiful.
2: Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. I think Facing the biggest loss I could imagine and actually living through it and now having my life blossom in all the ways it's blossomed, I can realize that it actually really can happen. So if we feel like this is the hardest thing you have ever been through, then it may be true that it's the hardest thing, but it doesn't mean that your life isn't going to be reimagined on the other side. It's impossible to see what it could look like when we're in it. Those imaginal cells are still developing, they're still growing. We literally can't see what it is, but we still can trust that. You know, if my words can just be a a message of hope and a message of potential, that's maybe the grace that comes in.
0: Well, we hope all the frontline workers could hear your message because I think it would give them hope and inspiration as we get through this period.
1: Well, Ellen, thank you. As always, the time spent with you is always thought-provoking and healing because you are a natural healer. So thank you for all of your gifts.
2: Thank you so much, Tricia. Thank you so much, Doro. I really appreciate getting to talk with you.
1: Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Tricia.
0: And I'm Doro.
1: Be well.